weight during his stay in prison, but he had also lost his pride. He still couldn't come to terms with the fact that he got nine months for not having a road tax disc. His own fault. He'd been given two warnings. It was laughable, really, when he thought of some of the madcap schemes he'd got away with. At least he'd had three months knocked off his sentence for good behaviour. How he wished he had his heavy Crombie overcoat. Ten to one his mum had sold it, or more than likely given it away. It was a shame, but true. You wore the same outfit coming out of jail that you'd worn when entering that huge, morbid-looking penal institution. What he did have was fifty pounds in notes and three pounds and fifty pence in change that had been in his wallet and his pocket on the lovely spring morning he'd been sent to jail. He also had a set of keys that would open many doors, and some secure boxes in which he had stored documents out of harm's way, together with a few items which, when sold, would ensure he didn't starve in the near future. His elderly mother smiled as she heard his key in the front door. She'd just been on the phone to Jodie, her daughter-in-law. She loved that girl dearly, as indeed she did all three of the girls that her sons had married. Pity about John, the lovable scoundrel of the trio. He had joined the Royal Navy as a nipper, and for many years he hadn't done too badly, considering the scrapes he'd got himself into. Within two years of him having married Jodie, and her still only eighteen years old, they'd had two sons, and by God their mother had done her best for them from the day they were born. It was certainly no thanks to their father that both Reg and Lenia turned out to be good-looking and hard-working young men. What did still amaze Marion Underwood was the fact that Jodie had never sought to obtain a divorce from John, even though he had certainly given her grounds enough. It was also a fact that Jodie had been going with Philip Conti on a steady basis for years now. John bounded into the room as if he'd only been away on holiday, threw his arms around his mother and held her close. During this spell in prison he'd come to realise that he missed his family. What had surprised him was that his wife had bothered to keep in touch, writing him newsy letters and telling him about the funny things that little Anne, the newest member of the family, was getting up to. Thinking of Jodie had kept him sane, remembering the smell of her and how lovely she always looked. He wasn't daft, He knew only too well how he had messed up with her over the years, and now he didn't stand even a remote chance of winning her back. At least they had remained good friends. Jodie had always been self-reliant, even in the early days when he'd been in the Royal Navy and their two young sons had been little more than babies, and in spite of some of the dirty tricks he'd played on her, she'd become a successful businesswoman. He hadn't heard a word from either of his sons during his spell in prison, but he knew he had no right to expect anything different. He'd never been there for them, and it was far too late now for him to attempt to be a good father. Smothering a deep sigh, he sniffed the air. Now why am I surprised that my dear old mum's cooking me a real fry-up for me breakfast? He said, laughing loudly. Well, I might be dithery on me feet, but I can still cook and it'll be a pleasure to see you eat the plateful I'm about to set in front of you. I hate to admit it, John, but believe it or not, I've damn well missed you popping in and out. Marion Underwood was well into her eighties, 
yet there wasn't much that went on around her that she didn't know about, and she wasn't shy at expressing her opinion. As she watched her eldest son tuck into his eggs and bacon, she sipped at the cup of strong tea she'd poured out for herself. Her other two sons had taken after their father. Their love of the sea had often made her think that salt water ran in their veins, and they were never really happy when on dry land. Both Derek and Richard had aimed high and had achieved great things at a very early age in their lives. Each had joined the Merchant Navy, studied hard, and eventually gained enough credentials to become a master mariner. By the time they'd met the young ladies they wanted to marry, they were in a wonderful position to offer their brides not only an unusual life, but an exciting way of seeing the world. Poor Jodie. She hardly ever complained. Yet she must have felt at times that she'd drawn the short straw with John.